Welcome to Saying the Quiet Part Out Loud, a podcast from LiveRamp that uncovers what's unsaid about technology, data, and business and explores how they intersect. I'm your host, Daniela Harkins, SVP of Commercial Strategy at LiveRamp. There's a lot that's unsaid about diversity and technology, so much so that we couldn't fit it into one episode. We recorded this podcast extra with Anika Gupta, president and head of platforms and products for LiveRamp, and Fatima Katablu, principal analyst at Forrester. Hear them in a conversation about LiveRamp's role in creating more parity and equity in the technology world and why having uncomfortable conversations about diversity is a good thing. Hey, Annika, it's so good to be speaking with you again. It's been, gosh, it feels like an eon, but it was really just the beginning of March when we were on stage together in San Francisco talking about this. The world is a completely different place. It's not just about the pandemic and COVID times, but, you know, we've seen the murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, and we're hearing a lot about how do we create parity and equity in community, right? It's a really big thing. And then you sort of drill down a little bit to our industry, technology, one where historically we haven't been great about parity and equity. Can we talk a little bit about that? And can you talk a little bit about how LiveRamp has evolved and changed over the past, call it six months, and the work that you and your teams are doing to respond to where we are in the world and specifically more about how you're thinking about LiveRamp's role in creating more parity and equity in the technology world. Yeah, absolutely. And and thanks for that setup. It does feel like a lifetime ago when we were on stage together at Ramp Up. As I think about diversity, inclusion, and belonging, it's a really interesting topic right now, obviously, given all of the events that you just discussed. At LiveRamp, we've had a really deep commitment to diversity, inclusion, and belonging, and have been setting up programs across our business, across our products, across our communities for the past couple of years. But really, I think the last six months for us has put a heightened focus on these initiatives, and it's caused us to go back to the drawing board and reevaluate what can we do that's even bigger? How do we have a larger impact both internally at LiveRamp for all of our employees who come from many different backgrounds, who live all over the world, and for the community and industry that we operate in? From a LiveRamp perspective, like we're really looking at holistically at diversity, inclusion, and belonging across three areas that are core to where we want to be creating impact. The first is our workforce. So looking at our talent acquisition strategies, looking at what are we doing internally to promote equity and to ensure that everyone can have a successful career at LiveRamp and can feel a sense of belonging in the different communities that they operate in within the company. The second area that we're very focused on is product. So thinking about 
there's a wide variety of people out in the world across industries and companies that are using our products today. What can we do to make sure that our products can be used by all people? How do we make sure that the terminology that we're using across our products is inclusive and that we're not using terms that make people feel uncomfortable when they're trying to leverage their data within their organizations? And then the third pillar of our DIB strategy is community and thinking about beyond our four walls of our business, what can we do to have a broader impact to the communities that we operate in? So there are initiatives, for instance, that I'm engaged in with the IAB because I'm a board member now with IAB and they have a bunch of diversity, inclusion and belonging initiatives. We're looking to see how do we move the ball forward? How do we develop more talent that's interested and has the skill sets to go into marketing and advertising or tech in general? We're looking at like how do we leverage our employee resource groups internally to engage with a different organizations, nonprofits externally. We're looking at how we can promote our data for good initiative, where we're engaging with different nonprofits and companies that want to donate data and technology to help remove bias in our society and open up uh, opportunity for, for all people. So these are just a few of the initiatives that we're thinking about to holistically cover diversity, inclusion, and belonging, both within the company, but then within the broader ecosystem that we operate in. This stuff is so important. And I think it's so powerful that you're taking a very outside-in approach. There's the stuff that we're going to do internally and make sure that we are supporting our own internal communities and then thinking about this broader ecosystem. I think it's really, really important, and I wish I saw more of that with folks in the agency world and in the technology world from an ad tech and a martech Mm -hmm. perspective. Can you talk a little bit, when you're thinking about the workplace strategies arm of your diversity, inclusion, belonging programs, and how to change the hearts and minds of people who don't think about this the way that you and I maybe do and the folks on your DIB teams maybe do. Yeah. Thanks for asking this question, because I think while we are taking a really holistic strategy, it is very, very hard work every single day, and it requires participation from everyone across the organization, whether that's people in leadership positions or individual contributors on the team to truly make the kind of changes that we wanna make in our workplaces. As you mentioned, there are cultural changes that we have to make. There are process changes that we have to make. We're gonna make mistakes along the way and that's okay. I think what we have to do is approach it from a mindset of let's try our best Let's be really intentional in the language that we're using, the initiatives that we're pushing across the organization and iterate and innovate as we go along because we're on this journey together, not just within our organization, but as a tech industry as a whole. In terms of actual practices, yeah, I think some of the things that I really think about, especially in hiring, is how do we think differently about both where we're looking for talent, but even after that, more importantly, about how we're assessing our talent. I think it's so easy to look at a resume and use a resume as a proxy for doing the harder work of actually evaluating does someone have the skill sets and capabilities to do the job. What I am working on within our organization at LiveRamp is how do we move beyond the resume? How do we really think about the skills that we need for a job and assess 
best people for those skills and look broadly at the range of experiences that they may have, even if that's non-traditional from what we would typically look for in an ideal candidate on LinkedIn. I love that. I think those two are sort of really inextricably linked because as you talk about intentionality and willingness to fail, willingness to make mistakes sometimes, that is so connected to the idea of acquisition and it makes people really uncomfortable sometimes. We have a really great DEI council internally as well and they have been doing something which I absolutely love and also realize makes some people really uncomfortable. They have solicited totally anonymously people's experiences in their roles, not just with internal colleagues, but also with clients and what those sort of learning moments are, but also what the microaggressions have been. And they publish them on a weekly basis, these narratives. And they create, by publishing them anonymously, and especially maybe the microaggression stories, they are making space within our organization for people to have dialogue that's really uncomfortable. And so they're posting it on our internal message board and you really see like people open up and say, oh, I'd never thought about that before. So I think you're absolutely right. And the more that we can change hearts and minds with these personal stories without it having to be the emotional labor of the individuals on the receiving end of the microaggression, right? You write the story up, we'll post it for you, and we'll sort of let the dialogue flow, but we're not going to make you do the emotional labor of making sure everybody understands your story. That kind of stuff really changes the perception and perspectives and brings a lot of empathy to people who may not really understand what a microaggression is because they've never been on the receiving end of it. That then leads to these really great ways of hiring and and retaining talent, I think. I want to double click a little bit with you on the gender side of things. How do we get diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging into women's careers in technology from a much earlier stage? How do we make sure that we, as women who are advanced in our careers, are opening doors behind us, not closing doors behind us to black women, brown women, trans women, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, I I mean, I think it's so important that as we're forging a path as women in leadership, that we are opening those doors, that we are serving as role models, that we're telling our stories or or having our stories be told for us. Because a big problem that I see, especially for young women, is that they don't necessarily see themselves represented in leadership across industry, across politics, across so many different spheres. And I know for me, what personally got me interested in technology was because I saw an amazing role model in my mom. She started and ran a company. Uh, She was an entrepreneur, an electrical engineer, and she always inspired me to 
lean into technical subjects and not shy away from them when so many girls are discouraged from being interested in math and science. And so as I think about giving back, I really think about like, how can I be a role model for other people? How do we open up the imaginations of young girls and young women so that they see a path for themselves where they can achieve great things in whatever industry and whatever career path that they decide to go down? So we're in the COVID times as we record this, right? Yes. I think that from my observations, and this is primarily anecdata, if you will, but from my observations, it is actually disproportionately women carrying the burdens of things like remote learning for their kids Mm -hmm. and the sort of burdens of how do I make space in this home for my partner to be here all the time working, for my kids to try to get an education, and for me to continue building my career. Any tips, any thoughts for women in that situation and how do they continue to build their careers while trying to juggle what's going on? Yeah, I think it's a really, really tough time for women right now. And I have my own anecdotes as well of women that I'm seeing that are carry so much of the burden of both being like the caretaker for their families, which is an increasingly difficult task right now in COVID, as well as trying to pursue their career. And that's a really, really challenging place to be in when for whatever reason, you don't have a an equal partnership with your partner. I guess my advice or, or the way that I think about it is that I think we have to expect more out of our partners. I think we have to say that, and, and I know this isn't always possible because of different people's situations, but it's incumbent upon men to really step up and not just for women to try to help themselves, but other people and men and allies to say like, hey, we're going to, we're going to take up more of the work. We're going to really invest in having an equal partnership. We're going to not just invest in our own careers, but also invest in the careers of our partners and make sure that our partners are not having to make a trade-off of choosing my career or their career. And that's something where I, I think we have to expect more And I know that's easier said than done, but true change is going to come about when the people that are in power take up the mantle and responsibility of helping change the systems that are making it difficult for women to advance and be successful. And we're seeing that especially now in COVID and with the rest of what's going on in the world. Yeah, totally. I really like to see and I hope we'll see more of organizational leaders also leaning into making space for women and moms in the kinds of processes that they put in place. Annika, it is always a pleasure to talk to you about this. I look forward to the work that you are doing at the IAB and within LiveRamp. I can't wait to have this conversation again in person with a drink in our hands. I agree 100%. Can't wait for that day. If you enjoyed this conversation, you'll love what we have planned for the Ramp Up Virtual Summit 2021. I'm thrilled to be in seeing the event, which will be held on Tuesday, March 2nd, 2021. Head to rampup.rampedup.us to learn more and register. This podcast was brought to you by LiveRamp. You can find us online at liveramp.com and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn at LiveRamp. Subscribe to Saying the Quiet Part Out Loud on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or however you listen to podcasts.